Welcome to Frauds, Books, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie. And I'm Monica. Hello, hello. Hello, friends. Today we have a time traveling story for you. So I, I wrote up some questions, and I'm, I'm going to ask Monica number one. <laughs> Una Out of Order is a time travel story, but in a fairly unique way. Do you tend to read time travel stories, or is this one of the first ones you've read? Well, first of all, I love time travel. Everything wonky with time is so fascinating to me, but most of my experience with that comes from Star Trek <laughs> and, you know, kind of sci-fi fantasy type TV shows. I can't think of a time travel book that I've read, so it must, if I did, it must not have impressed anything upon me too much. Um, but Una Out of Order was definitely unique as far as time traveling goes. It was. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I've read a few time traveling books, but not a lot. Yeah. So none of them were anything like this one. And I think that's <clears throat> why I liked this book so much is because it was definitely imaginative and unique. Um, it really impressed me. What? <clears throat> Sorry. <coughs> uh, <laughs> terrible host today. Sorry, guys. It's still allergy season. <laughs> and if you hear music in the background, uh, my child decided to practice right when we decided to record. So, <laughs> yay. So, <clears throat> we never learned exactly why Una experiences this condition. Um, do you have any idea what is the cause of this travel of a non-linear chronological year? Yeah, and I think that's, um... It's really unique because it happens on her birthday, too. And, and her birthday is on... New Year's Day. New Year's Day. And so it starts when she turns 19. And no matter where she is at when the clock strikes New Year's Day, she wakes up in a different year of her life so she goes from like say 19 and then into her 50s and then back to her 30s and like all over the place uh -huh. so it is time traveling but um <coughs> but def it's like almost like a medical condition you know what i mean is how it's described in the book it's just right. how she is she's just different so um so yes how why do i think that this happens to her well obviously she was when she was born um there was a rip in the space-time continuum and it just messed with her <laughs> messed with her um chronological time I her, her her timeline isn't a line it's like a it's like a gnarled ribbon that sort of like stretches and goes all over the place yeah which is super funny is because uh i was driving home and um taking my child to camp and we have a long drive so i've been putting harry potter number book one on to listen to and he goes what's their cause of their magic bomb and i was like oh i never thought about their world what causes magic i'm like we just enjoy it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like that sort of like maybe her timeline is isn't a straight line of string maybe that string is sort of like um rolled into a ball or something like that and some places touch and so she's like sort of sp depends on how the ball was woven together where she goes next that's a very 
beautiful an analogy. I can picture that totally. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, otherwise, I got nothing. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about Una? Una is crazy. She's so crazy. I yes. love how crazy she is. My What I love about her is that... And I don't know if it's a symptom of the time traveling where she sort of gives herself a little bit of a break. She makes a lot of mistakes and she does a lot of dumb things, but she's really not that hard on herself. Mm -hmm. And she also, because she's going through a difficult time, she because she has a difficult life, she allows herself time to indulge. So I think those two things made me just fall in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I love how crazy she is. She's like so crazy. She just she does crazy things and she doesn't think things through very well and like she gives herself advice and then she always blows it and so it's just like why do I even bother trying to help myself out? This is dumb. I'm just making it worse. And it's so cool because um you know, she's going ahead to you know, from the late 80s or is it the, yeah, 80s? the 80s so she goes from the 80s into like the future when they, she has to learn how to use the internet and you know she didn't even know that that existed she has a cell phone yeah right and i thought that was really cool <clears throat> speaking of that what did you think of una at age 18 and in love with dale <laughs> Well, I think the book did a really great job of um, surprising you all the way through to the end. So her relationship with Dale is like your typical teenage. They're just head over heels and hormone love with each other. <laughs> right. And then in with some hindsight, you know, maybe she starts to see that it wasn't all perfect. He might have been a little controlling and... The example was um, she wanted to play the guitar. It was like her dream, but they were in a band, and he was the guitar player, so he convinced her to play the keyboard. She didn't want to play the keyboard, but she did. And I think a lot of young girls, you know... Would defer to the guy. Right, yeah. and at least especially in that time period. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, the time period in your life, plus also the time period, you of know... The of the 1980s. Right, yeah. right. So, you know... You, you like, I kind of had this like love hate thing with Dale. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I'm like, Dale, you're not as great as she thinks. I'm like, why is she so into you? I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, like she loves you so much. Yeah. Okay. But I'm like, you're not that great, Dale. Really I think not. it was the idea of him and yeah. plus the excitement of that time in her life and, you know, they had all these great friends and they were in a band and they, and everything was just at their fullest potential. So I was so disappointed that she didn't get over him so quickly. I was like, Oh, we're still on Dale. Still. You had a year to get over him. You already know he's dead. Come on. <laughs> what the hell? Una? So <clears throat> her first jump is to age 51. How do you feel about her depicting age 51? I gotta tell you, I thought she kind of nailed 51 because oh, really? <laughs> I feel a little worse than that, and I'm 46. When she jumped into 51 and she was like, ow, why does this hurt so much? And I almost died because I was like, tell me about it. It does hurt <laughs> just to exist. And then she's like, the waistline and my pants and... <laughs> 
see, I had the opposite. I thought she was overly harsh. I was like, dude, chill out. It's not that bad. I'm 45. I'm like, come on. It's it's not that bad. But I was like, well, maybe if 18-year-old of me was living in me, they might be like, ugh. But yeah, because she didn't have that gradually things start breaking down. She went from prime of her life to like kind of like the rickety cart at the shopping center. Why is things popping and hurting and like what is going on? Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. Like, it's not that bad. Really, it's not. I'm like people don't think this. I was, I, I was a little. I thought she was a little too harsh, but <laughs> apparently I'm wrong. You're just in better shape than me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be true. Yeah. It might be, yeah. <clears throat> Throughout all of Una's travels, her mother is always there. How do you feel about their relationship? Ooh, they have this weird, like, it's a little bit adversarial, and it almost feels like a sisterly relationship to me. It's very different than my mother-daughter relationship. Yes. Yeah. This mom is definitely really good at, like, hands-off. She's kind of like a free spirit. She's sort of out there, mm -hmm. hippie love, crazy in her own way. That makes Una seem almost sane. <laughs> yeah, she makes Una seem like the responsible, she does. practical one. Yeah, you're like, Una, my God. And then you're, you're looking at like your mother and you're like, oh, this explains everything. I think everything. her mom's name was Madeline. Was it Madeline? Something like that. Yeah. And yeah, she was very flighty. And, and not always, you would think that she would always she's one of only one of two people who knows of una's condition right so whenever una wakes up in a new year and has no idea what's going on you would think mom would be there right that, that was one of my questions is do you mm. feel that she should expect more from her mother i'm like not knowing what's going to happen year after year and knowing her first jump and not being there i was like seriously mm. i'm like you, you your mom knows about it and she's not here. I'm like, she's off doing all kinds of crazy stuff all the time. Right. Oh, we were on a cruise. Oh, I was on vacation. Oh, I was here. It's like, oh, I tried to be here on time. Yeah. I definitely think she could have done a better job with that. But again, the story was so well written that it, it almost made sense that <clears throat> her mom would always be how her mom was like her mom wasn't going to change you know what i mean right so so even though she has this extraordinary situation her mom was still the same kind of flighty hippie like, type of mom uh, and and it she couldn't change that about her yeah yeah throughout all of um sorry do you think that una has any control of her fate she attempts to control it to make changes but mistakes just keep being made that is the best question because this book is totally fate versus free will this is a fate book like it, <laughs> it yeah. can't possibly be any other way just by how she time travels um right. i can't imagine the kind of paradoxes that would happen if she lived a year like say for example she lived the year where she was getting divorced, right? Right. First. And then she goes back to the year before, the year that she meets the man and Edward. marries him. Right. So had she d 
decided because she knew they were getting divorced had she decided not to marry him like what kind of rip in the universe does that make you know what i mean and even though she but the story was written in such a way that it was almost like even if she intended to not be with him like things just kept conspiring to keep her on track of her life right so although i would say that her like little instances she had some wiggle room like the main themes of her life seemed pretty set I, yeah, I would agree with that. And that leads into the next question is, how do you feel about her still marrying Edward, even though you know their relationship doesn't last? And she's like, I had to experience the worst part of our relationship. I might as well get to enjoy the best part. Exactly. Did you think that was smart of her? Or like, would you have done the same thing if that was you? I, I don't know. I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. Cause like you, you're already divorced this person that you just met and you're like, oh, but you were fun and cute and interesting and we have a lot of fun together. So I don't know. I know I could totally, at first I was mad. I was like, you know where this is going. Uh-huh. But then like she was describing like the wonderful time they had. Didn't they go to Egypt? Yes. Um, yes. So they had this like amazing vacation and they traveled and they were in love. And it wasn't until like the very end of the year that she finds out he's a big dirt bag. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm like, damn it. I knew it. I'm yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have. You know, and that's the thing, what I'm saying, what I like about Una is she, she is unapologetic about enjoying the good times because she doesn't ever know what she's going to wake up to next year. Right. So she was just like, well, it doesn't work out next year, but it looks like it's working out pretty great right now. Mm-hmm. And at least she found out the truth about Edward, even though she didn't know it the previous year from when she woke up on the subway. Right. So... She figured it out. It made me feel a lot better about when she's like, you know, crappy to him and divorcing him and crap like that. So yeah. I was like, aha, I didn't <laughs> trust that business partner at all. <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> so then my next question was, did you have any idea about who Kinsey was? Absolutely not. Me either. I was completely shocked. shocked. Blew me out of the water. No idea. I thought maybe she just came across this young gentleman and I was like, oh, it's interesting that she never had any kids. And then you're like, ah, yes, this is her child. Yeah. And did you have any idea that the adoption would have been sealed and that she wouldn't have had any access to him. No. So what was so what was cool was since she lives her life out of order, she knows Dale's gonna die. He doesn't. So he's not gonna have this legacy of this band. Right. So she gets pregnant on purpose, basically. But she knows because she time travels that she can't raise him. So he is adopted and and she is legally not to have any contact with them at all until he's 18. And they were really cool about it when she, like, decided to go see him anyways. <laughs> and that, I think out of all the chapters, that one irritated me the most. She felt very selfish to me in that chapter. So selfish to me. Because, mm-hmm. like, the future you has already made this choice. The mm-hmm. future you has already said, don't do this, even though I know you're going to. Right. 
So I was just like, but, oh, but but then you gotta think, what would that have changed that she had already lived? Did she really have a choice whether to do that or not? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was again of her like every time I try to help myself, it just seems to get worse. Yeah, and she writes herself letters, and it's her, and she's literally like, "Screw you, future Una." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna write letters anymore. Oh, you don't deserve it. <laughs> what was your favorite? year or era of her <laughs> um what was my favorite year i really liked the drug year <laughs> so did i <laughs> she was hilarious pretty much all she did was like do drugs and, and go drink, to clubs and, go and party have a good time yeah, yeah. for an entire year uh-huh. She's like, the year before was really rough, so, you know. It, it was really rough. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to have a good time. And she's like, I'm young again. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I know. The guy was like, you're not that young. She's like, I'm a lot younger than I was. <laughs> and I liked her. You know, I liked she had a good group of friends. and But they weren't, like, close enough where they could discover anything was kind of off with her except for one of them. Um, and, and so I thought it was interesting also. So see, she's a millionaire because she's been to the future. So she gives herself stock tips and, you know, gambles and, but she's a philanthropist. So right. she donates almost all of her money. And so her friends, you know, these are like, they're partiers, but they don't have any money, you know, and she ends up telling the one like what stocks to buy and different things. Buy Apple. Yeah. Buy Intel. <laughs> and and that friend, you could tell, just look. So one time Una gets really messed up and they ask her, where do you get all your money from? And she's like, well, actually, I don't live my life chronologically and I've already been to the future. So I already know like all these investments to make and they all laugh like she's joking except for that one friend uh -huh. who's kind of like, Hmm. <laughs> Could this be true? <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah. So at the end of the book, she's 53, right? Like, she's mid-50s. And she's met this Peter guy before, and she wanted to date him, but it wasn't working out because he had just started dating someone else. So what do you think happens between her and Peter? If I had my way, I would want them to grow old together like whenever she jumped into a new time period towards the end of her life i would hope that she would be with him yeah he seemed like the one out of all the men so i think this is also kind of a story of um you know all these different men that she's dated right and she loves them all for different reasons but peter felt very comfortable and like a friend and they also shared their love of music they had a lot in common i really liked him yeah even though he was in a band and a musician he wasn't crazy right he yeah, seemed stage very right. stable right yeah <laughs> yeah oh we never talked about the wine we're oh, drinking yeah oh before we end so we're drinking some what is this it's from um lehman's orchard which is a um, it's like a little farm to table brewery winery restaurant near where we live and I got a white demi sec and it's um, actually quite good it's very good mm -hmm. it's not too sweet um, yeah very refreshing for a hot summer day especially for summer yes two mm -hmm. thumbs up mm. okay so then 
We're gonna, my last question is, would you want to live your life non-linear, like Una? Hmm. <laughs> well, let me just say that I couldn't mess it up any more than I already have, so why not give it a shot? <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Definitely not. Oh no. my gosh, no, no. I'm much happier not knowing what's coming next year. Yeah. But yeah. I would all in all say that this book is definitely worth the read. And I will say, when I read what it was about, I was kind of like, eh, this, this could go wrong. Like, you know, she does a wonderful job. Yes. It was an excellent book. Yes, it was. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I had like a book hangover afterwards. I was like, yeah. huh. What am I going to do with myself now? <laughs> I really enjoyed you, Una. Now you're gone. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, have a good night. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.